Hey guys, this is Chargers running back Joshua Kelly, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Much love. Aight. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bald and beautiful, baby. Let's do it. Oh, it's getting spicy. We managed to balls that up. 55p at Asda. Ooh, baby. Hashtag hire Jason Garrett. Awesome. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast we bring you the latest Chargers news, we preview and review every Chargers game, they're gone, season's done, and we bring you the hottest off-season content around. The, the season's a wrap, guys. You know, it's done, it's in the books, it's been disappointing, there's been some good points, there's been some amazing points, and there's been a lot of disappointment. This is our special end of season, end of 2020 season review. We're going to talk about what we're happy with, what disappointed us. We're going to hand out loads of awards to our team. We're going to talk about the next head coach, maybe preview who's going to win the Super Bowl, talk about what you can expect coming up in the off-season. I am joined by my three candidates for the Chargers head coach position, <laughs> starting up with the guy who's already had his interview and been disregarded immediately. It is Water Was. I do not know I've been disregarded. I'm just telling you three that, you know, false sense of security. You are no longer <laughs> my defensive coordinator, Bez. Oh, outrageous, mate. They heard that uh, you wanted to keep the team hydrated and they're like, no, not having it. Done. <laughs> So I'm also joined by the Mr. Coffee from Costa Rica, John Ayres. Well, my coffee is a little bit sweeter because as we recorded this, um, my notification popped up that the Chargers have requested permission to interview my favorite head coaching candidate this cycle, Robert Salah. Woo, baby. Oh, it's getting spicy. Bald and beautiful, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> well, surely if he's famous... I, my other co-host will know him because he is none other than Dan Hollywood King. Hey, Bez, how's it going? I'm excited. It's the off-season. We can put to bed the disappointment. We didn't finish as bad as we thought. 7-9, good red record. Um, we've got a top 15 draft pick yet again. Um, but there's that renewed optimism because Anthony Lynn has gone. We talked about it. You know, John Ayres has been pushing hashtag file in for several months, <laughs> and we got we got our, our wish. I, I think it was interesting because uh, Spanos sent out a message on social media that seemed to take, well, it gave a lot of praise to Lynn, and it took a shot at him as well in saying that you know we've we've revamped um, our, our our team. We need to do that in all assets of our Chargers organization. I thought, hmm, is that a shot at his old-fashioned methods and that we need to be more analytical? But, you know, guys, we've we've come out of the season with four wins on the bounce, um, which I think is a great thing because we've dominated the division. We've left with some optimism. Herbert's got some wins under his belt. And we've proven that we are only a few close defeats away from competing at the highest level. Um I'm going to come to you, John Ayres, first. Those four wins were great, weren't they? Just what we needed. Oh, why are you trying to get me riled up already? I was, I was trying to be calm, cool, and relaxed. Very, very zen-like for this pod. Oh, boy. And then you got to go and throw in those four meaningless wins. And let's be honest, of those wins, 
I mean, did any of them really convince you that this team is any better than when they started? Because they beat some pretty bad teams and then a team full of backups. Uh, by the way, that team full of backups had really no problem moving the ball uh, and did, you know, yet again, another team that was pretty easily able to handle the run game, save for the end of the game, you know, where our coach decided, hey, you know what? We need this win. Let's eat the clock. Forget that Justin Herbert needs like 60 more yards to, to break an all-time record. Forget that. Let's let's be balanced. Let's run the ball. Ugh. I mean, look, Anthony Lynn, great leader, you know, locker room guy. Like, he just – he's an inspiration. He's a great person, a great human being. I was sold on him as, as a leader. But as a head coach, he's just awful. He just doesn't understand it. He doesn't get it. So, um, you know, these four wins were just – just not worth it. I mean, why? Why are we winning? I mean, I get there's the pride. I get there's the opportunity for you to be like, hey, we won a few games. Awesome. But you know what? These are professional athletes. They don't need pats on the back. They need their paychecks and they need to be motivated. Okay. Winning meaningless games does nothing for them. Barely beating bottom teams who are all under 500 means nothing to them. Like, come on. I don't want to hear any of this. I don't want to worry i just i I just just can't i i that's it that's my rant we screwed up our draft pick and i think john might have a similar opinion when it comes to draft picks yeah we were starting at the beginning of uh or halfway through november going yeah we're gonna end it with a top four draft pick sewell is in our sights and the Chargers can't even get that right you know we can't even suck for sewell you know we, we go down the stretch Win those four games, um, and now we're in a position where, where we're sat uh, looking up the board, waiting to see what trades we made. You know, I think John prior to us coming on here, you made the point about us not having to um, uh, overpay for those, uh, you know, those offensive linemen. We we can sit back, uh, assess uh, assess the situation, and hopefully the GM, whoever that might be, um, does a business. But I think that's where we need to start. Is, is with the offensive line. I mean, looking at the here and now, absolute disaster of a season um, in, in terms of the record and the way that we've conducted ourselves, really disappointing. We, we came into the league uh, with the uh, best secondary and a top-ranked uh, defence. That didn't happen. Arguably, the biggest takeaway from this season is the man, Justin Herbert. But again... We managed to balls that up for him. We couldn't even get him the uh, rookie passing record. But the here and now is, you know, as as Bez mentioned, at least Herbert walks away from the season going, do you know what, I've got four victories. And if that keeps his confidence high going to 2021, that's a massive plus. But now, we've, as I wrote on chargedupbolts.com, we've now hit reset, reset everywhere. If that means we do a complete... Uh, Coaching change, so be it. I would like to see Pep Hamilton remain because I think he's he's obviously got that chemistry with Justin Herbert. But we've got to make that move quickly now because the, the new head coach has got to come in. He needs to assess who goes. He needs to have a look at the last three seasons where we went well with our 12-4 and record in 2018 and, and how we sort of folded uh, in 2019 and 2020. We've got to get all our ducks in a row prior to the draft because... What we don't want to be doing is sitting here in 12 months' time going, oh, God, we've got another year now to figure this out. You know, um, it's just... Uh, I'm, I'm glad in a way that we, we managed to get some divisional wins, but it, it was too little too late. And, and actually, 
Bez, going back to your point of we were we were a close game or two away from making the playoffs. I really think we'd have had our asses handed to us, um, you know, in in the uh, first playoff game. So it's better that we go away now and reset. And and actually, it would would it have done us any favors reaching the playoffs? Then Despanos decide to to keep Anthony Lynn around. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We move on. I'm I'm kind of with you both. <clears throat> it's it's a shame that we've um, ruined our draft position. Now I going into the games, I wanted us to win the games, but it's as much I wanted us to show that we could win the games. But you know who I think's really to blame for winning those games is Mike Badgley, man. Like he found his form again. We won three games in a row by Money! three points. Where's the Mike Badgley who was going to miss those kicks and cost us the game? And keep us within the top ten. Thirteen's um, I mean, not end of the world, but you know, with the the Bengals winning as well, it's kind of like, well, if only Mike Badger had continued his streak. No, I'm not having it. You're all wrong, as usual. I'm the voice of reason. <laughs> I've said this before. I'll say it again. Winning games is essential. Winning divisional games is more so. There's never a meaningless game because the. You know, you learn to win. You learn to finish. Who cares about Herbert throwing a bomb to the end zone to get the the, the, the record? We needed to establish the run in the fourth quarter and get over the line. <laughs> I love Anthony Lynn. God bless you, my friend. But um, no, in all seriousness, one thing we're lacking is the killer instinct, the victory, the win. Go out and get it. And we did that in the last four games of the season. We finished. We won close games. And losing games is infectious. So is winning games. We finish I'll seven what, and nine. You, great result. You look at you look at the way that the divisions finished, and apart from the Chiefs, the the rest of the division is garbage. There's 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 scope here to actually kick on, be better than the Raiders next year, and be better than the Broncos. We've got something that Raiders and the Broncos don't have, and that is a top quality quarterback. Derek Carr's not top quality. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I will not have you slander to the name of Drew Locke. You stop right there before you get started. So, you know, in my opinion, we're already on the front foot in terms of the, 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 the foundations to go forward. And this is now where uh, the, the owners and the front office have to get this right um, going forward because we've, we've got a great chance now I know you spoke, Bez, about a sophomore slump. It's not happening, my friend. It is not happening. Herbert's going to go on if he can stay healthy <laughs> and we can protect him and, and shore up the offensive line. That front I, five is going to be really important next year. We've got the weapons around him. He, that that dude is going places. Well, you know, I, I, I was going to make a joke about my hot take was going to be that he throws as many touchdowns as interceptions next year, but I don't <laughs> even jinx it. I'm not even going to say it. Don't I'm even not. go there. <laughs> um, but, you know, in, in all honesty, it's not really the division I'm looking at. It is the conference. Um, the AFC is really strong this year. You look at who's in the playoffs, the Dolphins. Wait, the Dolphins. You know, our quarterback is so much better than their scrappy, gippy-hipped quarterback. Um, <laughs> are, they, are, they, are they really... You know, three wins better than us and, and, and cusp of the playoffs? No, they're not. You know, um, you look at the Colts with Rivers. They are a nicely run organisation, decent defence, veteran. You know, Rivers has been 
comfortable and, and decent this season for them. But they aren't leaps and bounds ahead of us. So I think the playoffs are within reach. But we're, it's a strong conference. Um, and Herbert has the tools now and the confidence with victories that comes with it to push on next year. Um, and when we get healthy, you know, it's, it's such a shame for Anthony Lynn that his last season is a COVID year with so many injuries. Um, because if you, genuine, genuine point, and I genuinely mean this, I'm not, not taking any shots, I'm not winding anyone up. If we have Derwin James, if we have a fully healthy Ingram, if we have our full complement of players on the field, do you know? Do we not go? Maybe we get ten or eleven wins and get the playoffs. And Lynn is here next year. Is is that really too too much in the left field? Well, Lynn's not here, is he? So he's gone. But you talk about resetting the franchise, and the the, the first thing that I will be doing the here and now is, and you don't need a head coach for this necessarily, is is going and 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 look at the the, the trainers and the training facility. And understand why we're getting so many injuries. That can be addressed in parallel with finding a new head coach. Because, yeah, sometimes it's bad luck why a player gets injured. You know, you can't mitigate for some defensive lunatic coming in with a helmet uh, hit to the to the knee or, God forbid, to the head and, you know, concussion protocol, etc. Uh, neck injuries and all that. But there's been too many injuries over the last uh, decade for the Chargers. And... This is the time now to look at everything all the way back from, you know, how how the players are managed on game day, when they arrive, what what is their pre, pre-game uh, routine. Everything needs to be looked at because teams now, these these um, these marginal gains, it, it's everything from in the Bundesliga now, they're, they're killing Wi-Fi at hotels because the young players are sat playing FIFA and, and Madden till three, four, five o'clock in the morning. So what have they done? They, they, they've taken away the Wi-Fi. I mean, this is the level w- that the franchise needs to go to if it wants to compete. The Chiefs ain't messing about. The, the, if you want to win the Super Bowl, you've got to go through the Chiefs and we've got to do everything that we can to make sure that the, the players are in the right position um, you, you know, to put their best foot forward. Well, let's get some positivity. Let's let's end the season with some positivity, um, and I'm going to say to to you, Dan, to start us off. What are your big surprises? What are you happy with? What are you finishing 2020 looking back and having fond memories of? Uh, you can't look past Herbert, really. There, I mean, getting thrown in week two after the coin toss, and he exceeded everyone's expectations at that point. Um, apart from that, there's not really that much positivity to take um we've had a few of the younger defensive players have stepped up yeah i'm I'm struggling to think of other things that surprised me in a good way um, i don't know if you guys have got anything better i think he's, he's probably got a lot more to say on this i think herbert aside uh hunter henry for me the way that he stayed fit we, we had there was big questions about hunter henry before the season started and I am so pleased to see that the, the guy stayed healthy. And I really hope that he does come back. We haven't got the draft capacity looking at the offensive line pass rush to, to actually give up on, on Henry. He will be coming back. Uh, I'm almost going to guarantee that. So that was that was a that was a positive. And despite Kenneth Murray starting poorly, I think we'll all agree that as the season's 
gone on and he's grown into the sport and he's and he's he's sort of adjusted to the pro game he he's making a difference i mean did he not uh, break uh, derwin james tackle record by three tackles i mean that you, you can't sniff at that you know i'm not going to sit here and say that murray's going to be better than or have more influence than james but it's a positive he can now go away going do you know what i've i've achieved something uh, individually that the 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 overall record might not go as it wants but actually there are positives there um i mean you you look at um you, you look at uh, the likes of uh, the, the receiver cause the, the the receivers have had a good season and herbert's got the best out of them that's a positive that's that's something that we we um we we don't need to really worry about going to twenty twenty one and Austin Eckler apart from his injury he's back he'll be firing and and fighting fit to go again uh, ahead of the new season I think look at the secondary look at the offensive line look at the uh, look at special teams they haven't really performed however what we can say is that's the areas that we need to fix everything else is 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 ticking over. Is, is work in progress uh, and it's, it's underpinned by the fact that we've got a brilliant young quarterback. So th- they're, they're the positives for me. And the fact that we've got a few divisional wins, it came at the wrong time and it's knocked us back in the, the, the draft order. But I would have been really, really fed up sat here talking about another 0-6 season in the AFC West, you know, because it's, it's a bit embarrassing losing to... To the the Chiefs and the Broncos, that they're not great. Um, so yeah, it is. We, we said, didn't we, from day one, charges uh, charged up bolts dot com, the, the team uh, with with Lee and, and Curtis, where we're going to be a, a glass uh, half full uh, type of people, and and I think that's where we need to be. I'm super excited about twenty twenty one. We've just got to wait an awful long time for it to come back round. Touched on the receivers there. Um... Reminding me, didn't bring up Donald Parham, um, who kind of came out of nowhere for... My boy. Yeah, Bez's boy, Donald Parham, had a consistent one-catch-a-game, good, solid run until that last week where he caught quite a few. Um, Donald Parham played pretty well. His blocking was fairly decent. Um, and Keenan Allen finally getting over his touchdown total. Um, that's another good, another good yeah. point to take away from this year. I think there's, there's a lot more positivity on the defensive side of the ball than uh, maybe you guys were giving credit to. So, uh, you know, and again, I, I, I'm going to agree with Kenneth Murray. I think, you know, he had a rough start of it. And, you know, I think part of it was the coach. He was being transitioned to a new position in a new defense. He was being asked to do a lot, um, call plays, be the communicator. And I think he struggled with everything. I think he just needed some time to adjust and adapt. Uh, you know, to be honest, I blame the coaches. I blame them for putting too much on him too quickly. That was their fault. And part of that was injury. I think I, I think if Tranquil was there, maybe it would be a little less on his plate. But um, I, I just I don't I blame them for maybe stunting his growth a little by giving him too much too early. And I think you saw in the uh, Patriots game, he really something clicked. A light bulb went on, and I think I think the game slowed down for him a little bit because ever since that game, he has been flying around, making tackles, making plays, being around the ball. Um, you know, his coverage and identification of coverage uh, has really improved. So I think he really has an opportunity to take a big step forward next year because I think 
you know, I think just getting over that kind of rookie kind of like, you know, hey, the, the game is really fast. It's very different than college. I got to learn all this stuff. I think he's finally made it over that hump. And I think it's going to give him an opportunity to really kind of rely more on his athleticism and instincts now that the game is slowing down for him more. So he, to me, is a big positive, especially. And then, you know, Derwin James, you mentioned him being back healthy. You've got Derwin James, the previous rookie tackling leader, and now Kenneth Murray, the current rookie tackling leader. If you're going to have them out there on the same defense, I mean, you've got two guys out there just making plays all day long on the ball, and I love that. Um, you know, Drew Tranquil coming back, that's a very big positive for me. Michael Davis was a big positive. I mean, I mean, I was, as, as anybody else, you know, you can go back and listen to some of the earlier stuff that we did. I was pretty down on him. I, you know, I had seen small progressions by him up until this year, but he didn't, he hadn't really taken that step forward. Uh, he took that step forward this year and I'm pleasantly surprised. And I think that they need to do whatever it takes to resign him. Obviously, if he's asking for a boatload of money, let him go. He's not worth that. But to me, he stepped into that number two cornerback role and has, ex- has, uh, exceeded expectations. And I think he's a very solid number two cornerback. And I think that the team needs to retain him. Uh, another guy who, was very down on and you know we love to make fun of him because of his quote-unquote elite status uh Jalen Watkins uh we we didn't none of us really truly believe but I thought he was a very solidifying force out there again not an all pro not going to win any uh defensive player of the year awards but I think that he played really solid and really strong and and actually more reliable than I thought he would be so the thought of him and James patrolling back there at safety really feels like that would be a solid safety set so if they can resign him and Davis you know, then we just got to hope that Hayward uh, and Harris rebound a little bit. Um, and then, you know, that defense could be the top in the league. You know, you get someone like Robert Salah or uh, Eberflus from Indianapolis come in with their defensive uh, technique and their and their game planning. Um, you know, this could be a top unit in the league. And I think it should be, to be perfectly honest. So uh, I, for me, a big positive in general is just the defense and their their outlook because I think this is really going to be a really good defense next year. Uh, and I'm really excited about that. Um, everybody talked about Herbert. I'm not going to talk about Herbert. You talked about Henry and Parham. I think it's really important that they keep as many good tight ends on the roster as possible. Um, because I think Herbert definitely leans on the tight end position, even without Henry. We saw that this last game, Anderson and Parham having big roles. Um, so I think that's a positive. Um, I think another positive that uh, that I'm going to have to say that maybe not everyone's going to believe in this is I think it I think a, a big positive that came out of the season is we now know the offensive line is trash for sure. Pipkins is a waste. There is no there's no way you could look at everything that happened this season and think Pipkins is is a project that's worth I mean maybe maybe he you keep him around as you know practice squad and depth fine but I, I think we know for sure he's done I think we know that lamp as much as I love lamp and he's been he's been okay he's not really a quality offensive lineman I think Feeney is a is a serviceable center I think there's potential for him to be better I think he's also a very good guard I think he's a good kind of like floater on the offensive line I think he's good um, you know, Tevi was actually pretty good, you know, not great. Again, not, not anything you're going to write home about. I thought Tevi was pretty solid. Uh, and then a surprise for me on the offensive line is Toner. Uh, I thought Toner in his limited, in the limited reps actually looked competent out there. I think he could really challenge for a starting guard position next year. If they don't, if they don't find, you know, uh, enough talent in the draft or free agency, you know, there's, there's really a scenario out there where, you know, to add a little bit more cap space, they, they don't retain try Turner, you know, his contract is very easy, has an escape clause. So, you know, if he's gone um, and lamp's gone, you got two guards to replace. Yeah, go ahead. Do you, do you think that we keep uh, James Campen? Do, do you think he's, I know 
he's, he's had a difficult job, hasn't he, with injuries and stuff, but has he done enough to warrant keeping his place? I, I think it's really going to depend. Uh, to me, he has. To me, I think that, you know, he did the best he could. He's only had one. He didn't even have a full off season to really get his guys in shape. So no. I can't blame him for this. Um, Ron Milas also. Uh, Milas is, is a good coach that I'm hoping they retain. It's really going to depend on the head coach that they bring in. I mean, head coaches come in and, yes, they generally bring their own offensive and defensive coordinators. And then it's up to them all to decide, okay, how are we going to fill? I mean, you see it all the time here in U.S. politics. When a new president comes in, he's got to fill a massive cabinet full of all these random yeah. roles, right? That's a lot of people to replace. Like, that's not something a head coach should have to worry too much about. I think it, it makes sense to retain for continuity reasons, uh, for, for locker room reasons. It makes sense to retain some key coaches. So I can see a world where Campin, Milas, probably Pep get retained by a new coaching staff. And I think that would be great. I think they, I think they deserve another shot, assuming again, that they align with what his new head coach wants and, and their offensive and defensive coordinators. If they don't align, if they're, you know, if they want to come in and they don't like the kind of zone type blocking scheme that, um, that Campen preaches, then yeah, maybe he's gone, you know, and that has nothing to do, nothing to do with him being a bad offensive line coach. It just means his philosophy on, on offensive line work does not jive well with what they want to bring in. So that that can definitely happen. It's really, like I said, really going to be dependent. I think they, I think some of those coaches do deserve to come back, but we'll see. Yeah, you, you make perfect points. I mean, the one thing I'll pick up on what you just said then, John, is the tight end situation, which I've been raving about. You know, Donald Parham was, was my boy out, out of the XFL, but he has, as Dan has said, performed fantastically. He's looked, in particular, I was mentioning it in, against the Chiefs, the blocking in the run game was sensational. He catches most of what's thrown to him. He extends his hands away from his body. He has fluidity. Uh, once he's got the ball uh, in his possession, I think he's a big benefit. So if we can re-sign Henry, Donald Parham Jr. is a fantastic second option, good in the red zone. I think he can improve a little bit there. Um, and if we're talking about getting rid of Mike Williams, we're going to need some big-bodied uh, catchers of the ball who extend their hands away from themselves. That's a big thing we're going to need on this team. And actually, do you know what? who looked a beast towards the end of the season? Anderson. Where did he come from? Yeah. I was really impressed, and I thought... You know, if we can re-sign Hunter Henry, then we're going to end up with a fantastic tight end set, um, uh, really good depth. Interesting how Virgil Green, you know, just just was outperformed, did disappeared completely, and you wouldn't even imagine that he comes back now onto the onto the team. Whereas you'd be disappointed if Parham and Anderson weren't around um, at least going into training camp next year. Uh, you know, we, we we again, yes, Herbert aside. Um, I think we have to look at the the play from from the linebackers. I think we have that's my favourite group on this team above the tight ends because you have Murray coming into his own towards the end of the season. You have Perriman. Did you see that hit in the first snap against the Chiefs? Jesus, he lays it when he brings the hammer. He's incredible, and he's not a starter. He's someone I would rotate in and keep him healthy. But you want someone to lay the wood, a tone setter, and he does that. You then have Tranquil coming back. You have Kazir White, who is one of my contenders for Defensive Player of the Year. Fantastic performance. Every game turning up that he played in. Um, he, My IDP Fantasy League, thank you. He won me a few weeks with the volume of tackles he had. Um, and, you know, you've got... I thought Nick Vigil did okay. You know, above above the league average kind of guy. Um 
if you like. So I love the linebacker core. Um, I really liked the improvement of special teams. Let's not ignore Anthony Lynn's positive spin on what he did when he took control of special teams. It went from being a cluster to being pretty decent. Adley just was discovered. Um, Adley was was a positive. I'm going to asterisk that and say that he improved his tackling and coverage and then and then would have the occasional snap which was horrific um so he at least he improved um there were positives the team did improve over time it couldn't have got much worse from some of the performances um but there were things to be positive about uh, and i and i think one of the biggest questions is what does the head coach do what direction does he take it because we're set up for success we're not far off a playoff team but he but a new coach has enough to do to move us up from being pretenders to contenders. Um, how does he build on each department in our football team? Um, that's enough positivity, guys. Let's burn it to the ground. Let's let's sort of heal the flames, uh, heal the wounds from the flames of Anthony Lynn that he's left on our franchise. I'm going to start and say I was most disappointed um, that he didn't fully commit to Herbert straight off the bat and had to go and get his doctor to puncture Tyrod's lung to get, get get him on. No, but in all seriousness, the coaching was the biggest disappointment. Um, we loved Lynn. We saw him in hard knocks. Thought he was great. And then as much as a nice man he was, he was every bit a poor coach. Terrible decisions, terrible timekeeping. It was just horrific to watch at times. Um, you know, was what are your most disappointing moments from this season? I'm, I'm just disappointed at the, the the fact that we didn't make the most of some of our opportunities. I mean, we left a lot of points on the field this year. It's ridiculous. You know, we, we, we did some really cool things going down, the, controlling the at the times when we did control the, the football and the clock, either to walk off, you know, without any points or just with a field goal. And then when we're in a field goal position, we can't convert because Badgley keeps spooning them left and right. I think the biggest disappointment for me was the lack of aggression on fourth downs. You know, fourth and short situation, especially when we were in a position where the playoffs had gone. Let's just let's just have a bit of pride here. Let's just go for it. And even then, we, we still couldn't manage that. And it's almost like we were playing with a handbrake on it in, in certain games. Just just let the guys roll. I mean, when we played, played Denver, for... Herbert, if we'd have played the first half, sorry, the second half like the first, Herbert was on for 500 yards. One passing attempt. That's just, that's unacceptable. You know, you've got your strongest um, asset on the team. It's the quarterback's ability to get the ball downfield to his receivers. We'll just run it. And the running game's not working. That, that was really disappointing. They're always like trying to dig a hole for themselves when there's no need to. But I think you, you can't really put that one on the players. The, the players didn't always execute, you know, special teams. But when we're, decide, when we're opting to run the football, instead of just gashing the secondary with, with Herbert's arm, it's like, why, why would you not do that? And that was just, just frustrating to see. Uh, you know, it's, it's... The good thing is we're all sat here super positive. You know, we haven't even had the playoffs yet. We're super positive about the next season. That's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? I'm arguably more confident now about 2021 than any other time as a Chargers fan in, in the in the last 
10 years. Coming off that 12 and 4 in 2018, there's question marks over Rivers. Is it, is next season the season he falls off and we don't get, you know, we've lost our Philip Rivers. We we weren't quite sure. Well, we are sitting here now talking about Justin Herbert unleashing hell on the defense in 2021. So, you know, it's it, it's it's I know we had a bad season and I know it was a losing season, but actually when you sit looking forward now, you look at the bigger picture, things look a lot brighter. We, we've, we've just got to get it right with a head coach. And, and I know we're going to come uh, onto that uh, later on in the podcast. Hmm. Where to begin? I don't know if you guys have, I don't know if you guys have any time here. Um, I'll be honest. Look, get I, some sandwiches. <laughs> yes. Yes. Get some sandwiches. Cause this, this could be a while. Um, no, I, I agree. Was what you said earlier about trying to keep this podcast more, more half, uh, half full than half empty podcast. And I don't want to, you've heard, you've heard my negativity before. I, I've been very vocal about what has displeased me and vocal about what has pleased me. So I don't want to, I'm not going to spend too much time on, on the negatives here because honestly, We've had we've had most of the season to talk about the negatives. I mean, every game we see the negatives, right? Um, and to be honest, I think a lot of the negatives are things that can be fixed, right? I mean, I think the offensive line can be fixed. Telesco has yet to do it in his eight years there, um, but you know, there's always next year. So you know, maybe now he finally sees, hey, this is just not working. We're gonna have to spend some money and some draft capital to improve this line. Hopefully, they bring in, uh, you know, a, a offensive and defensive coordinator. Uh, as the head coach who who understands the value of the trenches, who understands that hey, you need to invest in your offensive and defensive lines because those are those are where it all begins. Uh, and I think they can turn that around. And to me, that's the biggest glaring weakness. Yes, yes, there were problems with this team in second halves of games. There was problems with them turtling up. There was problems with them having you know unimaginative you know balance for balance sake. But that's all stuff that'll change with a new head coach. That's a culture thing that can change very quickly if you bring in like a Brian Dab- Drabel who is known for his aggressiveness. You bring in Arthur Smith, who is very inventive and creative with the ways he, you know, he can scheme players open or, or get good looks at the end zone. Um, you know, I, I really don't think that that's something that's, that we're going to have to worry about carrying over into the next season. Um, you know, special teams is special teams. I'm hoping a new regime can, can fix something that's been a problem most years. Um, you know, there's always kickers. Got to find one. You know, Badgley isn't it. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, it's great your money under 45 yards, but so are the majority of college football kickers. If you want to be a professional football uh, kicker, you need to be able to make uh, 50 yarders on the regular basis, and he just can't. So. I'm done with him. I'm sure the charges are done with him too. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where they end up. There's actually a few few ones out there I think who are who look pretty good as replacements for injured kickers who they might bring in as competition. So I'm not too worried about that. I mean, really, there's a lot of negativity this season, but I'm ready to put it all behind me because I really am positive about where this team is headed. I already talked about how how the defense, it, you know, it feels like they're they're ready to really be dominant next year. I think the offense already show. I mean, even with that crap offensive plan this year they were still one of the you know top half of the league offenses right and they're just going to get better in year two herbert they're just going to get better if they can get that offensive line fixed so i just think that you know there's a lot of positivity to go around so i don't really want to dwell on the negatives because to me it's over this season is done there's nothing there's nothing else we can say that's going to change what happened this season. I'm looking at the draft, I'm looking at free agency. I mean, obviously right now I'm highly focused on on the coach search and I'm positive because I mean, you know, we'll talk about I'm not going to quote 
steal anybody's sandwiches uh, for the upcoming <laughs> segment. But I mean, there's about eight or nine confirmed head coaches that they're, that they're going to be uh, interviewing with. And, you know, that list is full of really, really impressive resumes and guys who I think could be, you know, the next best head coach in the league. So, you know, I'm just very positive. I know I, I know I can come off as very negative and salty sometimes. It's just because I want the best for my team, you know, and I know they can be better and it hurt me to see them not reach their potential. You know, ultimately, I was, I'm not mad at the Chargers. I'm just very disappointed. There's a, a few disappointments for me this year, but I'll, I'll keep it fairly short. Um, tackling was obviously a problem, but oh, when yeah, you lose right. Derwin James before the season starts, you know you're not going to have as good a season tackling. But Andrew Tranquil. Andrew Tranquil. Um, um, yeah, uh, so I'll move on from that and just say the Apart from the game management and clock management, the biggest disappointment for me was that Patriots game, the shutout. But we did come back from that with a four-game win streak. So maybe it's what some of the team yeah, needed. Yeah, that, that, that was a low. That was a low. You know, to be shut out. It's just <laughs> I, embarrassing. I, I'd put that behind me. I'd, I'd forgotten it existed. I had it's as well. So... <laughs> <laughs> it hurts my soul. No, no, I, I think... I think positivity and looking forward and finishing the season off is, is the right way to look I mean guys the off-season content at chargedupbox.com is going to come at you through this off-season it's when we come alive it's when we get the optimism the hope we've got free agency uh, well head coach first free agency we've got draft content then we get into looking forward to seeing how things are implemented on the field in spring training um guys it's going to be such an exciting time of optimism and hope we're going to get behind the team and we're going to be moving the podcast to bi-weekly during the off season we're going to come in with any hot takes uh, as things develop um if there's things to talk about too so tune in get your content in come and get in touch with us um so on to some breaking news before i get onto the big segment which we know is coming the elephant in the room um, I'm going to give some breaking news. Um, I'm pleased to say that uh, I will be managing the um, I will be managing the Chargers in the annual NFL UK mock draft. Uh, I've done it for the last few seasons. Um, there'll be some off-season content coming about looking at some of my picks from previous years, and I'm going to be having the help of my lovely co-hosts and the listeners and readers in helping me with my off with my plan and my picks this year. I've done it I've done it solo, but I get all your wonderful help this year. So make sure you follow at NFL UK Mock um and, and we'll we'll get your input and see who we're picking in, in the draft this year. So guys, now on to the big meaty content. We haven't got a head coach. Anthony Lynn, I, I extend my hand, I shake it, I pat you on the back I wish you well, but our franchise needs a leader that can lead us to victory. Who's it going to be? So just to to recap for everyone who's been under a rock, we have asked to interview with Joe Brady, uh, the offensive coordinator of the Panthers, Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator Chiefs, Jason Garrett, offensive coordinator Giants, Brian DeBole, offensive coordinator Bills, Matt Eberflus, defensive coordinator Colts, Brandon Staley, the DC of the Rams. Arthur Smith, the OC of the Titans. We're linked with Urban Meyer, uh, the college legend. And I believe Salah is just been linked today. Uh, I think you mentioned John yep. very recently. Adam Schefter broke today um, as we were starting the pod. 
um, that Robert that the Chargers had requested an interview with Robert Salah. So he is an officially confirmed uh, candidate. I mean, what an improvement from last season. Uh, sorry, the last set of candidates we interviewed when we appointed Lynn. Big step up, big names. I mean, there's also more availability, better quality on the market this year. Um, so it's a good time to be changing head coach, if there ever is a time, a good time to change head coach. So, you know, Dan, my, my, I throw the uh, I throw it to you to be Tom Telesco for a second. Is there any name that stands out to you? Do you want to make a prediction? You know, throw something at me. Um, I think when we, we looked at a few of the candidates a couple of weeks back, uh, the name that I picked out there was Arthur Smith. I'd still be happy with Arthur Smith um, looking to what he's done to turn around Tannehill from potential bust to one of the more reliable quarterbacks in the league, as well as unleashing Derek Henry in a way that hasn't been seen since what's CJ2K. Um, so I, I think I'd be happy um, with Arthur Smith. I, most of these candidates uh, only uh, if he brings Derek Henry with him. <laughs> <laughs> now we got Austin, Austin Eckler. We're fine. Um, Eckler, Eckler, Henry one two man. <laughs> um, but I, I'd be kind of interested to see us go for a defensive coordinator. I mean, you look at our last few head coaches: Lynn, um, McCoy, Turner, all offensive guys, um, and we've got these star defensive players that. It just makes sense to have someone defensive come in and work with Bosa, work with James, work with Murray. Um, but yeah, I, there's few names that I wouldn't be interested in us interviewing. Um, Jason Garrett's one of them, but there's a few that I wouldn't be interested in. <laughs> Jason Garrett's the best name in the entirety of that list. He's got a winning record as head coach. He was great for the Giants. You know, I, I don't think we should interview anyone but him. Just bring him in and... Uh... <laughs> Let's put that away. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I think it's. Uh, I think we have a hot take to say that it's maybe a who you know, not uh, too much of it, apart from uh, wanting to bring him in. So, guys, John, are you up for Garrett or? Uh... <laughs> so, um, someone else. I, I definitely recognize um, the logic behind Smith. Uh, I like him. He's, you know, I'm coming out with an article uh, reviewing 10 of the mostly confirmed candidates. I think it includes uh, Pat Fitzgerald, who has not been linked yet, but I do believe he's going to get a look, um, as well as Urban Meyer, who hasn't officially been linked for an interview, but it has been reported there is mutual interest between the two. Um, so, uh, you know, look out for that on chargedupbolts.com. Um, but, um, you know, Smith is my number four on the list. He's my number two offensive coordinator. Um, my number one on the list is Robert Sala. And then my number three on the list is Matt Eberflus. And why do I have, and then Brian Dabble right in between the two of them. Um, I've, why do I have two defensive coaches in my top three when, you know, as, as Dan said, the history is with offensive coaches and I get it right. You had Eric Coriel, you had, you had Marty, you know, you know, you had some real success with these offensive minded coaches and you go bring in, you know, your North turn on these other guys. Um, I, I get what, why they would, you know, why the inclination would be to go stick with what you know and stick with offense. But I think there's definitely something to be said for bringing in a defensive coach. I mean, the, the AFC West and, and the AFC in general for the most part, is loaded with teams who are offensively really, really good. You know, 
And to me, I think the recipe for success is going to be the really good defensive team that's also good at offense, right? Like imagine the Ravens defense, but with Justin Herbert as the quarterback. I mean, you're telling me that's not the favorite to win the Super Bowl? And that's the recipe I think the Chargers can do because they've got so much talent on the defense that I think you bring in a defensive genius like Salah or Eberflus to come in and really set things straight, get him to be like a top three defense in the league. And then he just needs to bring in a smart offensive coordinator who's not going to turtle up every time the game gets close um, to push the ball and score. And you've already, you've already got weapons like Keenan Allen locked up. You've got, you know, Hunter Henry, hopefully going to be locked up. Donald Parham, hopefully going to get locked up. You've got Austin Eckler who is locked up. You've got Justin Herbert. I mean, all of these offensive weapons makes it a pretty easy job for an offensive coordinator. I mean, even Steichen, succeeded with those weapons you know I, I don't and i think a lot had to do more with the weapons than it had to do with steichen right so i think if you can bring in a top three defense and pair it with the offensive weapons that the Chargers have that is a contender like next year a super bowl contender so to me top of my list robert sala i mean i was so when that news broke i mean i've been literally sitting there waiting 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 for them to announce they were going to interview him uh and i know he's he's a detroit native and i know there's been a lot of reports that he's got eyes for detroit but i think if i'm taking my first head coaching job because you know chances are you're not going to stay with the with one organization your entire career you know if i'm taking my first head coaching job maybe i don't want to take that with the lions maybe i want to take it with the loaded roster that is the chargers right you know you're already on the west coast you know all you got to do is move south right which is by the way better than up north i can i promise you that better weather uh better marketing you know you could probably get a tv deal if that's what you're interested in. i don't know what he wants to do um definitely get himself into a booth at some point if he wants to with all the exposure in la so to me this that would be a home run pick. I think Everflus would be just as good. I think Salah to me though is a total package. He's got uh, the leadership thing that gives me Lynn vibes. He's got a defensive game plan that he creates specifically for each opponent. That's the kind of next level coaching we want. Not a hey, we're going to establish balance and we're going to run the same offense every week. We're going to do something different every week because we know we play a different opponent each week. And he's also done a ton with a depleted roster. I mean, the Niners might have more injuries on their defense than the Chargers do, and yet they still succeeded very heavily. I mean, did you see what they did to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks this last weekend? Like, that's a team, the 49ers, that are playing for nothing, but still made, gave the Seahawks a run for their money. To me, that's exactly what the Chargers need. I think he's young, I think he's motivated, and I think he could honestly really bring them to prominence. So he's my favorite, uh, but like I said, there are... 10 candidates that, I, that I'm pretty sure they're going to end up interviewing. And I think seven or six or seven of them, I really like, and we'd be completely fine with. Yeah. It's, it's a good take, uh, Dan and uh, John. I, I wouldn't be disappointed with either of those. I'm, I'm going to throw out um, Urban Meyer there. It's not, this is not my take, but interesting record. Uh, you know, he won the college football championship in 2014, you know, uh, won far many games and then he lost. I just, I'd just be interested to know if the Chargers do interview him, what he's been doing with himself for the last two seasons. Has he, has he gone away to uh, just relax? Has he gone away to do what uh, John Gruden did and try and evolve as, as a head coach? Uh, I'd just be interested to know um, how that will play out with, with, with the interview if, if it goes that far. But that would be an exciting prospect. The only thing is... We've, we've spoke on this podcast about 
having somebody with NFL experience. But I just thought I'd mention Urban Meyer. But for me, I, I've taken a bit of a lead from John's. John did three articles on charge.bolts.com. He looked at the college coaches. He looked at the defence. But I am quite an, an offensive-minded guy. Um, so I'm leaning towards an OC. Someone that can really take Herbert and the offence to the next level. And that's that's Brian Dabble, uh, the, the Bills. Um, if you've read John's article, you, you'll be aware that there's a bit of a connection there. Um, the fact that Dabble went to high school with, with Tom Telesco. So they, they know each other. I mean, no one, nobody can can doubt how how good the Bills have been this season. You know, Josh Allen um, won me a ton of fantasy points, being an absolute uh, star. Um, and, and a lot of that is down to the way that Dabble's coached that uh, offence. They haven't been shy. They've been aggressive. Um, and, and I take John's point on the fact that if we can get an awesome def- defensive coordinator uh, in as the head coach, you know, the the, the offence takes care of itself. But my in my opinion, the, our offence is the strongest part of our game. So why not get somebody in like uh, Dabble and then get a really good um, young, bright-minded uh, defensive coordinator? I mean, the rumour has it that the Raiders are looking at uh, Gus Bradley. So we, we can pretty much say that he's going to be gone anyway. You know, and I, I think most people would like a new page, certainly as, as the uh, defensive coordinator. But th- there's a lot of names out there. And I think some, we mentioned this before we went on air, some of the names that have been um, thrown into mix, potentially Urban Meyer, I think they're just to elevate the Chargers' profile, quite frankly, to say that, yeah, we are serious. We're not going to go, uh, no disrespect, but we're not going to go and hire the Freddy Kitchens, the the Adam Gazers of this world. And I know Bez would have wanted Adam Gazer to come in. <laughs> but no, look, we've, we've, got, uh, we've got the foundations of a really good roster and... We need to make sure that that's complemented with a top uh, uh, coach, you know, to come in t- to lead the pack, uh, and then hopefully um, that coach gets to have the pick of of who they want to come in. Um, back to what we said twenty minutes ago, it's really exciting. Uh, we, we <laughs> it is. The thing is, this is the Chargers fan base. It does. It, we could get Bill Belichick tomorrow. With with his with his um, cast of whoever he wants, and somebody will have a moan about it. So just be prepared on social media. Whoever Spanos appoints as the head coach, someone's going to start shooting them down in flames before we've even stepped on the field for for um, OTA. So just be praised for that. But however, you know, let's just look forward and let's just hope that we get the right person to lead us into 2021 and start making a dent into the Chiefs' um, dominance of the AFC West. Well, I think it's interesting that this time John Spanos, uh, sorry, Dean Spanos says, oh, I'm not I'm not concentrating on the stadium anymore. Um, so I, uh, you know, I'm going to pay attention to the uh, to the, the, the hiring of, of the coach this year. Um, I mean, I'm happy with any of them. I mean, even, I kid you not, Jason Garrett would actually be Get off. A better hire than off. some years. He'd be. He'd be. Oh, the yeah, least. Sorry, I just. Oh, yeah, I, I just oh, lost sorry, my. Just, uh, thanks a lot. Thanks yeah, a lot, I'm Bez. Just I just lost my coffee. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. But he'd be. He'd Bez, be the you, least. Need to, you need to go back through his record and have a look at some of the Cowboys <laughs> tape, and you'll no, soon I change. I know you're fishing, by the way. I know you're fishing. I, I know. I know. But you know, it, it's a it's a great list. 
um, and I'd be happy with most of them. I'm going to go opposite to you, was and say I want a defensive mind. Um, exactly as, as exactly as we've been saying is that let's 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 get these guys exposure to someone that can plan every week for a new team or or bring some oh, some fun to the defense because we have exactly as we said we have a quarterback we have offensive talent look at the patriots what did they have they had one of the best defensive minds in football managing that side of the ball and the team and then his young prodigy plus the best quarterback in the world allegedly um winning on the other side of the football. Well, we have Herbert. He can be Pep Hamilton's project or whoever comes in on the offensive side um, eventually. If he can succeed with Steichen, as John said, go and fix your defence. Because that we the going back to the disappointment segment, we may have parked it, but I'm going to bring it back up. Our defence on paper is a million times better than we performed in every single game. So go and fix that. So, a couple things. Um, one, yes, Waz, you definitely are offensive. I agree with that. Um, <laughs> but a uh, couple things on Urban Meyer. First of all, Urban Meyer has three. Na- By the way, Urban Meyer has three national championships between Florida and Ohio State. So, don't sell him short on his national championships. Second, um, you know, he started off with the Utah Utes and a program that is pretty much garbage. Uh, he turned into an actual contender in, in their division and, and got them, you know, got them notoriety. So he leveraged that into Florida, which he turned into a, cha- a, a twice championship program. He went to Ohio State and brought them out of the lull that they were in back into championship caliber. Uh, and they're still succeeding with the team he built there, by the way. It's not like he left Ohio State in shambles. Uh, Utah has been prominent ever since he left. Florida kind of went downhill, but I think that's more about the coaching that they ended up bringing in after the fact. And I, I think. I think he left it in a good state and they just kind of ruined it um, because Florida can't have anything nice. Um, But uh, he brings a winning culture with him. And I think if if you really want to know about Urban Meyer, you should read his book, Above the Line, Lessons in Leadership and Life from a Championship Program. I actually have read that book. I just pulled it back up. I had to to look it up on my Kindle to to find the title. But, uh, you know, he talks about establishing a winning culture. And the way he talks about it is not just about, oh, this is how you establish a, a winning culture in college. Yes, he draws from his college experience. But he takes it to the next level and talks about how you can do that in your organization, whether it's an NFL team or, you know, a team selling hats. You know, it is it, – it, he is a leader. He is what Anthony Lane could be if Anthony Lane could actually coach, right? So, you know, he's always done a great job coaching. He's always done a good job building people up. He made Dwayne Haskins look like, you know, an NFL caliber quarterback. You know, he, he helped run a team that had Tim Tebow as the quarterback, who we all know, well, as much as I love Tebow, he's not really a quarterback. Um, But he looked like a quarterback in Florida. Um, So I think that there is definitely potential. Yes, there are risks to him. There's risk to him becoming uh, transitioning to the NFL, but you know I think those risks might merit you know might merit it just depending on the culture he could build because he's the kind of guy that builds championship cultures. So even if he's only there for a couple of years and then his health kind of draws him away again, I think he could set it, the the whole uh, franchise up for success. Um, you know, and then to the whole offense versus defense thing, I, I think it's more of a preference at this point. I'd be happy with either. I mean, any of those guys that we've talked about, I'd be really happy with them as a head coach. I will say this though: what do you think? What do you think is easier to find, a good defensive coordinator or a good young defensive coordinator or a good young offensive coordinator? There's a reason why offensive coordinators are consistently tapped to be head coaches because there's always a new, bright young one cycling through the system. So I think you get yourself a defensive head coach, and then you can find young, smart 
offensive guys and just keep pushing them through the process. So um, that's just kind of my bit on that. I couldn't agree more. You know, and, and we haven't gone and won a Super Bowl focusing on the offensive side of the ball. I wouldn't even say we particularly lit it up over certain seasons as much as we should have. So let's go focus on the defensive side. Um, if I have to put my put my neck on the line to say who I want, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like all of them. Maybe e- even Brandon Staley. I mean, did you see the Rams? They're the top scoring defense this season. He's a name out of left field that could potentially come same stadium, different team. Maybe he'll turn up on his first day and walk in. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine the first day. He could probably walk into the wrong wrong locker room. But, um, you know, there's a lot of good names. It's really important the Spanos team and Telesco get the correct guy in charge. And I will just say one thing. Dean is going to be judging Tom. And if this goes wrong, John Spanos is the next GM of this franchise. (laughs) It's going to happen. John Spanos, GM 2022. Uh, the, the thing is, you, you can have all the, the quality as a, as an OC or, a, or, a, or a, a DC, but if you don't connect with the front office, you know, if there's sparks, I don't see that as a workable relationship. And the, the, the best man might not get the, get the job. You know, you've got to have a, you've got to have a lot of luck. You can have the quality of the talent, but you've also got to have the connection. You know, millions of people go for job interviews every month around the world, and if you haven't got that bond between the person on the side of the desk, you've got to be an absolute top of your top one percent of your game to get selected. If if you're not having that connection, um, so we, you know, we we just got to hope that. One of those dudes that walks in there is going to hit it off with Telesco and then and and Spanos and then, you know, we're cooking on gas. Well, you know, that's what we're excited about. We've got some good names. We think it's heading in the right direction. Guys, moving forward, what kind of things are you looking forward to in this off season? What kind of stuff are you going to be writing about? What topics are you interested in getting the listeners' feedback for future podcasts? Because the off season is going to be super exciting. Um, Dan, what about you? Uh, for me, it's um, well. Obviously, we've got the super weekend of playoff football this weekend to watch. But once we're past that, I will watch every minute of combine coverage and every minute of draft coverage, despite knowing next to nothing about the college game. Um, that is something I will undoubtedly find myself doing. Um, I will be watching like the final day as the last lot of O-linemen do their 40 times, or I will be watching day se- uh, day three seventh round picks getting picked um, to then see who's left as undrafted free agents. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll definitely be looking back at this season just gone um, to see, give it a bit of distance and then look back and see what my thoughts are on it. Um, but for me, it's straight into that combine and draft season. I'm going to go completely right of arc here and we're going to talk about Joe Biden sorting out the USA, getting everyone vaccinated. We get vaccinated on this side of the pond and we can fly out and watch the charges. That's what I'm most excited looking for. I want to get out to LA. I want to go to the SoFi Stadium. You know, I want to experience our fantastic new home and watch the uh, charges play on home soil. Um, 
I also wouldn't mind going and doing a, a, a road game as well. Uh, but, you know, close closer to home. Uh, obviously, the draft. Just looking at uh, who we pick up. I, I never get terribly excited because we've... We'll see what happens when when players are bigged up. You know, Joe Burrow was the number one overall pick because the Bengals thought he was the best on the board. It turns out that Justin Herbert was. It's it's, it's a bit of a lottery. It's it's it is what it is. But let's just hope we can get an offensive lineman with a with a first round pick, um, assess him, and then you know we've got, we've got the summer to start looking forward to uh, training camp. Hopefully, we'll have some. One or two preseason games, the guys can get warmed up, and then we can go out all guns blazing. The schedule has uh, not been released, but we've we've got our opponents next year. So, uh, Washington football team, you know that'll be that'll be an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> and the, and the, the Giants see how they rebound, um, and see if we can pick off our divisional opponents. So, plenty to look forward to, um, and picking my new Chargers jersey. Yeah, hopefully they'll have loads back in stock. Mine's still not here. But your Badgley one. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Birmingham somewhere, but the guy that's shipped it in from America's got COVID. So, oh, uh, winner. Yeah, maybe I'll do a live blog and see how it gets to me. <laughs> John, what about you? We're looking forward to your content. Yeah, uh, you know, 2021, obviously you know, the draft is going to be a big focus of mine. I, I love the draft. I think a lot of us are big draft Knicks here, so I think there's going to be a lot of great content about the draft. I think it's very exciting. Pick number 13, not exactly what we were hoping for, but high enough in the draft that I think that there's still going to be quality guys at each round. Chargers are going to have the extra six-round pick from uh, the King trade, as well as uh, a likely third-round compensatory pick. Uh, I don't know if that's official yet, but my math – um, based off who we lost and who got re-signed. Um, feels, I'm pretty confident that, that there's going to be a third-round comp pick in there. So, you know, I'm really excited, you know, to kind of do some mocks, kind of decide, hey, you know, what could they do? Is Telesco going to use maybe a second and, and one of those uh, thirds and try to jump back into the first round and, and grab two first-round talents again? Does he use a third and fourth to jump into the second? Like, you know, what what kind of what kind of strategy is he going to have? Is he going to just use all the picks on and players because we – have a lot of holes you know what you know free agency is really exciting for me you know hunter henry you know do they resign him or not davis we already talked about um watkins we talked about uh there's decisions about uh try turner is he going to come back or not uh, mike williams you know i think before the season there was a, it was a no-brainer you know give him that fifth year see what he does but based off what we saw uh, this year and how Herbert seemed to be able to shine even without him. Uh, and, you know, Williams falling to like fourth in the pecking order. Uh, you know, is he worth 15 million? You know, do they do they rescind that offer? Do they get a different deal done? You know, maybe they extend him long term, maybe at what, you know, at a high end wide receiver two price tag. I don't I doubt he would take something like that, but maybe he will. You know, I, I don't know. So that'll be exciting to watch. Um, you know, 2021 uh, uh, SoFi Stadium is going to be awesome. Uh, you know, personal news. Uh, it's official that I am uh, unfortunately leaving beautiful Costa Rica and heading back to California. Um, so I will be back in Orange County, which means I will be a season ticket holder. So if you guys want to come out and sit in my seats, I'll give you a really good deal. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, so uh, I know. Uh, and yeah, road games. Uh, I got a buddy who just moved out to Texas. Uh, so near the San Antonio area. So I think, uh, I might be on the road for that Houston game. So that would be exciting to see them there. 
gotta probably gotta catch at least one game in the Roomba because you know the Chargers are undefeated there. So see if they can keep the streak alive in the Roomba. Uh, so there's a lot to be excited about, uh, you know, in 2021 for the team and personally, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, ho- hopefully they can realize their potential with a new uh, amazing head coach signing. And uh, you know, I-, I think they're a playoff team next year with the right coaches and with the right signings. So um, you know, I'm excited for them to enter the Super Bowl window because I really think they're there. Could not agree more. Guys, is there anything else you want to do before we wrap up and put to bed the 2020 season? Yeah, who are we uh, Who are we uh, signing for the uh, the next MC of Charles and Bolt's pod? Have we decided? For the intro, yeah. our, our listeners are going to have to tweet us about who they would want to, uh, to do it. But uh, we, we'll see. We'll have to give some snippets and some clues on Twitter. Maybe we'll run a little cheeky uh, competition. But uh, yeah, new new intro. Joshua Kelly, thank you for doing ours this season. It's been a, a pleasure to ride the train um, that was the car crash of your rookie season. And, um, and you know, we'll see who replaces you introducing our podcast next year. Yeah, exciting times. And just one thing from me yeah. is this week I was drinking Cherry Aid. We didn't, oh, we didn't wow, cover well, our that drinks. Is, that is That's where I'm basement being. drink. What, what is, is that? going that on? Is, that, that is worse than a $2 steak. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it sounds awful. Oh, man. You know, probably about 35 cents in Walmart, that stuff that he's drinking. 55p at yeah, 95%, yep. 95% sugar, yeah. <laughs> go on, lad. Get it down, yeah. As sweet as our season was. Low bitter. sugar. There we go. <laughs> oh, I'll let you off. I'll let you off. Um, guys, where can you be found on the socials? Uh, you can find me at endzone85 and you can find the main uh, chargedupbolts.com Twitter handle at chargedup underscore bolts. As always, you can find me at adroitairs, hashtag audible chocolate. And you can find me at UKLA Chargers. You can find the podcast at chargeduppod and you can find me at Bez the Spaniard, hashtag hire Jason Garrett. <laughs> I'm going to start. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to start running now. Guys, that's all from this season. We've loved having you on board. Uh, On to the off-season. We'll be coming at you every two weeks. Get in touch. Come and get involved on social media. Check out www.chargedupbolts.com. And we can't wait to see you next season. Peace out. Bye.